you know, comics comedians have a way of interiorizing truth. I don't know, some of you may recall, uh, I guess about 1950s image uh, came on television when I first saw it. It was of a clown. You know, clowns have this wonderful mask of both uh, joy and, and sadness. There's often a tear that shows up in a clown's makeup. This particular uh, scene on the uh, television, at any rate, looked as though it was impromptu and it was occurring uh, just as the, uh, the person behind the camera uh, saw it. And it had uh, a clown with a broom and a dustpan. Maybe some of you saw that. And there was a spotlight on this particular clown. And what the person behind uh, the spotlight understood was what the clown was doing, at least after a little while. He took the broom and he started on the edges of uh, the spotlight, which was surrounding him. And at first, uh, the person behind the, the spotlight didn't get what he was getting at, but then it hit him. He was making that spotlight appear as though uh, it was being swept up into the dustpan. And it got smaller and smaller and smaller until it looked like the light was completely swallowed up by the broom and the dustpan. Well, the symbolism of the comedic uh, stands behind this entrance on Palm Sunday. The image of Jesus coming into Jerusalem was perhaps comical in a, in a brash sort of way. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He was facing and unmasking uh, the sources of power that were in the city of Jerusalem. Masking the face of his enemies and their political power and contrasting his own image with their darkness. He came not in victory, not in political power, and we interpret what occurs during that week. Power itself gives way to the purpose and to the voice of God as it speaks both in humility and in humiliation. Darkness covered the earth, we're told, on that Good Friday for three hours. And certainly there is a hint of darkness as we enter this week we call Holy Week, beginning with Palm Sunday. So behind the scenes of the drama, or comedy uh, for that matter, comes a, comes a moment. It's a climax where there is an unmasking of the characters and those who are innocent are shown to be guilty. And those who are presumed guilty are often forgiven. And we see as though in a mirror something of our own selves in the events of this week. Would we have betrayed Jesus ourselves when given the opportunity to stand up for him? And maybe that's the power behind Holy Week. What begins with Jesus' journey to Jerusalem and the quality of a homecoming party, remember, was Passover. If you ever celebrated a Passover Seder, you know that it's a joyful kind of event. It's a celebrative kind of event. It's a welcoming home kind of event, sort of like a, a rabbi shared with me. It's sort of like Christmas is to us as Christians. 
So Jesus has entered this week uh, called Holy Week into the city of Jerusalem. He has come home to celebrate a very special day, the remembrance of the journey from Egypt and to the place of the Holy Land. There is another chapter to the story at the end of this week when we see it's all completed on a hill called Calvary. We know that there is another chapter, but it's yet to be revealed. And we find in this story ourselves unmasked, sometimes ashamed, and always, always vulnerable. Well, there is the masquerade of power, there is the unmasking of purpose, and there is the final transforming word of forgiveness. A light that refused to go out in the midst of darkness. I, I guess some of you must know about uh, the Greek persona. Remember in, in uh, Greek theater, perhaps you don't remember, but I'm going to tell you about it. In Greek theater, uh, the Greek actors wore these huge masks called personas. And the person who wore the mask uh, let the persona speak for what was going on in that actor's particular role. Uh, later in theater, and perhaps some of you have seen these... Uh, bulletins or programs when you go to a local uh, small theater and it's got a, a mask one mask is very happy uh, and there's another mask that's very sad because the emotions behind drama and comedy are very very similar and still today we we see those masks one smiling and happy one sad close emotions what truth does as it speaks to power we're seeing this week as Jesus stands before Pilate as he goes from one tragic scene and encounter with, with Herod, with Caiaphas, and the Sanhedrin. We wonder where is power and where is truth. Remember that scene before Pilate when Pilate says, all you have to do is, is tell the truth and I'll set you free from death. There's this challenge about death and power and Jesus remains silent. In Herod's court, the praetorium of Pilate and the Sanhedrin, all places where power is seen confronting Jesus. But even Jesus seems to participate in the masquerade, if you will. He has this scene all laid out. You know, if you look in, the, in all the Gospels, uh, they have an image of Palm Sunday, where he has sent his disciples ahead of uh, him and his entrance, it's all planned out. Jesus knows how the story is to go. He sends them to look for a man who's carrying a jar of water, and men don't carry water, so it'd be very peculiar to see a man carrying a jar of water, but that's a signal, and follow him to the place uh, where the celebration of Passover is going to take place. So it's all designed, it's all very clear that Jesus knew exactly what he was doing, and then he rides on a donkey, as the prophecy of Zechariah uh, foretold, uh, and he goes into the city of Jerusalem, not riding as a, a, a warrior prince who's victorious, but as one, and it's not uncommon, for uh, one who is riding a donkey to let the message of peace go before him. So as to see Jesus on a, on a donkey would, would be uh, okay in one sense. He was seen as a prince of peace, and he was greeted joyfully by those who are visiting the city of Jerusalem uh, and 
we wonder about that in that moment. I love a, a scene that comes out of Luke's, or a thought that comes out of Luke's gospel, when he uh, heard the disciples trying to silence the children, and Jesus rebuked the disciples and said, you know, if, if those children were silent, even the rocks would shout out uh, in celebration of the arrival of the King of Kings, even Jesus. Well, why did this story unfold the way it did? And what was there is power. If Jesus had wanted, he could have displayed it, and yet he chooses the role of servant, wearing not the crown of power, but kneeling in a servant's posture and enduring insults and hatred and the horror of those who masqueraded as leaders and teachers. But there is an unmasking of purpose that Jesus came to fulfill. And as Jesus stands before Pilate, who has the power to release him, simply by denying his divinity, Jesus chooses to remain silent. Even as the crowds had an opportunity to release one for the celebration at Passover, when Pilate had the freedom to do that, they chose Judas, Jesus, Barabbas, a political zealot, rather than Jesus, the healer, the teacher, and prophet. Jesus remains silent. And he faces the future, knowing that the drama unfolds with his purpose intact. It was for this reason Jesus was born. It was for Calvary's message and the unmasking of death's power that Jesus came to earth. Again and again, Jesus displays God's character as he empties himself of power to play the role of the servant, emptying himself of all that was divine to fulfill his purpose, facing as a true human being the shame and ridicule of the cross. Through the death of Jesus, all death is overwhelmed. And through the humiliation of Jesus, all humiliation can be transformed. I shared with you before a wonderful story, and I think about all humiliation being transformed. The story that comes from Philip Yancey's What's So Amazing About Grace. Many wonderful stories that Yancey relates to. The one that stands out to me, and especially I think about as we look into the mirror of our own humiliating circumstances, the story of a young woman, a teenager, who is absolutely convinced that her parents were keeping the truth of life from her, and she rebelled against them again and again. And she runs away from home, thinking she can find the life that she sure is out there. And she meets in the big city a man who treats her beautifully, and she knew it was going to be that way. And he's got a big, shiny car and a nice apartment, and he sets her up 
and now she thinks she's found her way in life. And things are going pretty well for a while. But then he starts to change in his character, and soon he starts to abuse her, and soon her life changes, and she's turned to prostitution. And as the story unravels, she uh, is forced to stand out in the cold night often. And one night, standing above a heating grate in the big city, she dares to think she might go home. And as we follow her, she gets on the bus. And I, here, I love this scene. She takes out a compact with a mirror as she's approaching Traverse City bus stop, Traverse City, Michigan. And she looks at herself in the mirror, and she sees all the changes that have occurred in her life reflected in the mirror. And she sees her face and sees herself as she knows everybody else now sees her. And she begins to doubt what will happen next. Maybe she'll stay on the bus and just keep on going because nobody can accept her as she is now. But when she gets to the Traverse City, Michigan bus stop, she sees her family there, and here's the line I love, uh, wearing goofy party hats and all smiling and saying, welcome home again. Humiliation has been changed to welcome home. The week of the passion we call Holy Week finds Jesus on Monday, Thursday, taking off the royal purple that he certainly could have worn, he takes the form of a servant and washes the disciples' feet. He empties himself of all that is godly within him and puts his crown aside and wears the garment of a servant. The final act of Holy Week, as we know it is the crucifixion and those famous seven last words. And in his humiliation, Jesus speaks of real power. Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. What if we were there that day to see ourselves in the denials of Peter and their own denials of Jesus? To see those times where we could have stood up for what was right and good and important and we remained silent. All those passions and issues and confrontations we've had that we could have forgiven but didn't stand before us unmasking our own self as we see and hear Jesus' words, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The light was swept into the dustpan, the dustpan of darkness. And maybe that's how the director gets our attention. Let's pray together. Heavenly God, as we think about this week, we call Holy Week, and all the drama and passion and tragedy that occurred in the midst of it, we realize it's our story too. And we come before you and though we see there are times that we were humiliated and frustrated, and some are facing that this very day, we see that there is yet hope 
that the darkness has power and threatens to overwhelm us sometimes. The light shines from beyond the darkness, and the darkness will never overcome it. Give us that sense of your presence as we journey between here and Good Friday, and yes, look forward to the promise of Easter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.